Jewish Latin Princess Episode 66, Daniela and Gabriela Apeloig, creators of Apeloig Collection. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. Do you own a family business? Do you work with family? Is it hard? My guests today say it's a blessing. Yes, I have two guests today on the show, two sisters and business partners, Daniela and Gabriela Apeloig, and they are so fun. They are the creators of Apeloig Collection, a line of modern acrylic Judaica that has taken the Judaica industry by storm. Dani and Gabi, as I prefer to call them, are friends of Jewish Latin princes. Years ago, I had their homes featured in the Mikasa Sukasa blog series. We've also hosted giveaways together. And listen to the end of this interview because we are launching another giveaway away and I will tell you how to enter at the end of the show so you might be the lucky winner this time. How did Danny and Gabi conceive of this line of Judaica? What is the story behind the name Apeloig Collection? What tips do they have for female entrepreneurs? Has creating a Jewish brand help in the growth of their Judaism? In what ways? How do they divide their workload? What do their husbands say about this venture? Their favorite mitzvah and more. Here are the lovely Apeloig sisters. Daniela and Gabriela Peloig, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Thank you. Hello. I'm so Thank happy you. to have you both on the show. You are friends of the show. Years ago, you were part of an awesome blog, Jewish Latin Princess blog series, Mi Casa Su Casa, where readers got a peek at your homes and the Jewish elements in your homes. By the way, if anybody wants to s- submit anything for that series, I'm always looking for submissions. But I digress. And We've had giveaways in the past, and now I'm so delighted to have you back as guests on Jewish Latin Princess Podcast to talk about your growing business and everything that has happened since we last touched base. So welcome back. Thank you. It's our honor to be back with you. Before We're we... fans of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate that. And I want you guys to... Take us back in time a little bit before we get to all the new things that are happening at happening at Apeloid Collection. Take us back in time. How did this get this project get started? Why did you want to join forces as sisters to bring modern Judaica to the world? And why a line of Judaica of all things? Okay, so this is Daniela speaking. Um, I did a master's degree in New York at New York University in integrated marketing. And in order to graduate, um, I had to present a business plan and the idea came from there. Uh, I had to develop an extensive plan that went from marketing to branding to financials to logistics production. And um, why a line of Judaica of all things? Well, um, I was doing my when I was doing my master's degree, I was recently married. And a few months before uh, I made a trip to Mexico to visit my our other sister, Deborah, who lived there at the moment. And we went to to a market to like a like an artist artist market. And I came across with a 
a cup made of pewter, which is like an aluminum that's very cheap. And the cup was like $18 and it looked really modern. And when I saw it, I said, wow, this cup can work uh, as a kirush cup. And it looks much more modern than the silver ones that we received uh, as wedding presents. Mm -hmm. So I said, do you think we can give this? We had a friend's wedding um, like in the next month. And I said, do you think we can give this to our friends as a gift? And they don't have to know that it's $18. So in the end, I I didn't end up giving it to my friends. I have, I still have it in my house. But the whole idea of doing a Judaica brand that uh, was not expensive, but it had a, a modern look, came from from that moment. And then I did the whole the whole plan. Mm -hmm. And when we decided to do it in in real life, with, which my sister will tell you about, um, we decided to change the material, and she will tell you why. Uh huh. So then, Gabriela, you joined forces. Tell us that part of the story. Okay. So when I went to New York for my sister graduation she presented to the whole family her thesis and I loved it I remember I was like wow oh my god I, I've been married for many years and I agree and I love the idea and I said Danny let's make this into a reality wait I have to interject here this is adorable Danny you had already presented your 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 thesis you had graduated and now you're you're showing it to your family like as a thing yeah, yeah. it was funny <laughs> she had it in her apartment like all her presentation in the TV and she presented it to the whole family as we were like the judges. Obviously. I love it. I love it. Okay, so you tell your sister that you like it. Go on. And I said, let's make this into a reality. At the moment, it was complicated. We weren't living together. So, but but it was there. Like the idea was on, on the air. Mm -hmm. So then she moved to Miami and the right time came and we created the company. The first thing we did, we started our research on pewter, but we quickly realized the material wasn't modern at all. Mm. So we looked on the market and and after a long thought we we decided to go with acrylic that was very trendy at the moment mm -hmm. and still is and uh, i think it's a good moment uh, to mention why the name apeloid yes go for it why it is obviously our last name Mm -hmm. And the the reason behind is our grandfather. He was the only survivor from from his family on on the Holocaust. He's mm -hmm. originally from Poland. He left his house very early, and uh, when he came back, all his family was. Um, was dead so he was the only one carrying the last name he had a daughter and a son mm -hmm. our father who's a father of three girls mm -hmm. so the the last name basically disappeared mm -hmm. i remember my father was frustrating he really wanted a boy i still remember he wasn't happy when he found the news that daniela was Aww. a girl the young he loves me. He still loves me. <laughs> but I still remember. I was a young girl, and I remember. He's like, "Oh my God, another girl!" And I was a really, a really young girl, and I remember looking at him like, "Why is he mad? Like, why is he upset?" <laughs> then, he, then Daniela made it up. But he, like, you know, like I, I understand he was frustrated because he, re he wanted to pass along the the last name. Right. So we decided to honor, to honor it, and maintain the last name alive as a living memory for older generations. That is it, such it, a beautiful story. It's it's been difficult to market it because it's a last name that it's hard to pronounce and it's not like the best as a marketing. It's not the best business 
uh interesting but uh but yeah it's a good reason it's it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful reason and the truth is it's such an unusual name that i think it stands out you know so maybe it it, maybe you know whatever it is i think it's the right decision (laughs) for whatever that's worth yeah so you started with the acrylic mezuzah cases the now very popular acrylic mezuzah cases and vibrant colors designs that were totally new and from that success, you've expanded your offer. Tell us what you're selling now. Okay, this is Gabriela. At the moment, we have available to the public three products. We have the Mesusa cases in four sizes and 17 colors, the Hala boards, which are available in two styles and 10 colors, and Hala covers that are available in seven colors to match like all the all the colors of our boards. Mm-hmm. That's what, what what it's available now. So was this something that you had in the back of your mind at the outset from that initial business plan, that business plan, Daniela, or it kind of evolved as you got to learn your market and your customers? Um, so initially, this is Daniela. Um, initially, we we planned to launch the brand with like six products, mm-hmm. but when like in paper, it's always difficult, uh, different than in reality. <laughs> right, a lot of challenges along the way that maybe we can explore later. Um, so. So we we when we started with we 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 started to see that doing six products was harder. So we said let's just start with one, mm-hmm. and that's why we started with only the Mesusa to test the market and mm-hmm. see like if it was a viable business. And it was a hit; people were like loving it. And that's when we started to introduce more products. Um, and the products that we have decided to introduce has definitely been defined by the market and by our customers. Mm-hmm. So we see that in the market, we're always like looking, like we're always on top of what, what's out there, what are the trends in the industry, what are the trends in the home decor uh, industry and if we see that something's tr- like in trend, we change our decision. Like We have a plan but then it always switches depending on on what's going on out there and also what our customers ask yeah, for. Yeah, we, we always are listening to our customers, yeah, what, I, what the needs are and what they want the most. I see that you've even involved to produce custom orders, beautiful custom orders for your customers, and in particular for the mezuzah cases, correct? Yes. Yeah, also to the, the Hala boards. Oh, oh, you mean like custom orders, like uh, like for schools? And- yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's something that we didn't plan that just happened. Like okay. yeah, I know we've done many custom-made uh, products to schools, uh, clubs, synagogues, uh, even buildings, office buildings. That's amazing. That's amazing. I want to I want to talk about your products a little bit more from a Jewish perspective. I get the sense that you're selling design you're really selling really good design but you're also very careful to and very I think intentional about educating your consumers letting them know that you know this is a mezuzah case but there needs to be a parchment inside your cases and even taking little but important details into account in your designs like a space for salt on your challah boards because you're going to be using the salt on the challah and even evolving into you know offering challah covers which is a natural need as we're going to need to cover a challot when we make kiddush the the fact that the knife is also included in the challah board just those little details it shows a sensitivity towards judaism so my my question is regarding your level of Jewish education, observance, and how it has evolved over the years. And has this Jewish brand that you've created helped you in your own 
personal growth Jewishly. Okay, this is Gabriela. Uh, we were born in Caracas, Venezuela. We were we grew up in a conservative community, mm -hmm. very traditionalist. Uh, I believe that being in this business have made us definitely more educated in our religion, mm -hmm. more believers, more practicants, and we have even adopted new traditions while while we learned. We we I don't know if it, if if um it was good. We were not orthodox. Mm -hmm. We like um traditional you know right yeah. and and it's i think it's a great question because um we have learned so much about religion uh in terms of design like the the way like there's an, a, a halakha for for each product and there are laws for each product mm -hmm. that has made it much more difficult for us mm -hmm. whenever we, like, we, we 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 usually ask rabbis and we we check for sources mm -hmm. before anything for making any any decision because like we don't want to i don't know this uh i don't know design a menorah and then uh seeing that they all have to be in the name the same level and then having the really religious people not being able to buy it because it's not uh kosher, kosher. kosher right so there are a lot of laws for other products so we're always checking with rabbis and whenever we 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 learn about uh, like this limitation we're like oh my god why are why is judaism so complicated <laughs> why can't it be just like whenever like the the way we want it so the, i think that's that's one of the reasons why it's hard to innovate in this market in this like industry mm. because, because there are a lot of limitations and uh regarding your question about our own personal growth um i always say that this job has made us more religious maybe not necessarily in the way we practice because i think we we still pr uh, live our life the same way we were raised but definitely we're We, we always do a little more, um, but in the way, the things we know, mm. like we know a lot more than, than when we knew before. And yeah, and we, we're always like the people we follow on Instagram, the articles we read online, they're, they're uh, related to, to Judaism. Right. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like, it, th that was kind of like a side benefit to this job, like an enrichment on your Jewish education. That's awesome. Exactly, yeah. So you're both, you were in, in New York when you started this, Daniela. Gabriela, you were living in Miami. You're both immigrants to the U.S. from your home country, Venezuela. Um Would it be fair to say that what you've created is due in great part to having moved to this country? Um, I think it's a great question. Um, we moved to the U.S. looking for a better future, mm -hmm. like every immigrant. Mm -hmm. We actually had a great life and a comfortable life back in Venezuela. And we we were basically forced to leave the country. If, if, if it didn't deteriorate the way it has deteriorated, we would love to be still there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, I think that it's definitely fair to say that what we created it's doing in great part to having moved to this country i think it's the country of possibilities mm -hmm. Um, I think the U.S. Uh, not only encourages people to try to be entrepreneurs, but it also accepts all religions and nationalities, sex orientation, political views, you name it. Right. Uh, it's a country of inclusion. And I say that because in Venezuela, uh, being Jewish is not as accepted as in the U.S. Mm. You're at risk. There's anti-Semitism. And for example, I remember when I moved to college, how excited I was that I could proudly wear my Star of David necklace without being in fear. Like, it's yeah. not that that you're at risk it's not that that bad as it sounds but you have to be no, careful in Venezuela you could wear your star of day you could it, but like you're at risk that somebody asks that then they, well, they you, discriminate you like here it's like I don't know I remember when I moved to New York that the restaurants had matzah instead mm -hmm. of bread 
Like right. that would never happen in Venezuela. So it's a country where being Jewish is much more accepted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I think that I would, I, we would have not done it if we were there. Because so yeah, I think it, it definitely is because we're here. I think it's the country where everyone's accepted and the magic of new things happens because of that acceptance and that inclusive mentality. And I'm grateful to be in this country. Right, right. So uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm not sure. I mean, I think the question is great, and what Daniela said, it, it's great. I didn't see it that way. I'm, I'm tell I, me, I, tell us I, how you I, see. No, it. no, I like her response. I, I never thought of it that way. I think maybe it's not a fair statement. It's hard for me to see myself in Venezuela now. I uh-huh. moved 15 years ago. Uh-huh. I first lived eight years in Los Angeles. Oh, also li- uh, in Los Angeles, there's a big community, a big Jewish community. Maybe I. I forgot a little bit about how, how difficult it was to be a Jewish man and be Jew in Venezuela. I've been living in Miami for almost eight years. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe we have done it living in Venezuela if we live there. Maybe not a Judaica brand. Maybe it's mm-hmm. something different. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that the entrepreneurial spirit is, is in us. Maybe we had done something different, not like a Jewish brand because there's not such a big market like in the United States. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have done something like a home decor brand or something something like that. It is hard to, to think about Venezuela now because not only because I left so long ago, but also because it's in critical conditions and it's everything is more difficult. It's more difficult to find the materials that so, you know, like it, right. it's right. hard to see it, but it, it, it's not impossible. Right. And it's not the country that you left. Like the memories that you have of your youth and your childhood are nothing near to what, you know, it is now. So it's, it's hard to make that connection, I guess. Now, talking about that upbringing, I mean, I, 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 I can't get over the fact that you are selling a beautiful Jewish lifestyle. And to me, that has to be in many ways connected to your own your own upbringing as I feel like as Latin women there is a certain sensitivity um, towards beauty and color and you know do you think there is something there there's a connection to the way you're representing Jewish life through your products in a beautiful way to that South American upbringing and maybe even to the Jewish upbringing that you had um thank you for the compliment uh, thanks, because uh, it's really a, it's a compliment for someone to to appreciate what we do as beautiful. Um, I think that yes, definitely, uh, everything that you do and produce is a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I guess what we produce is an is like an essence of what we are and who we are, and who we are is highly defined by our upbringing. Right. Uh, I think that it's a hard question to to answer. I don't know exactly what form of up bringing connects the positive representation of Judaism. We had a beautiful Jewish lifestyle growing up and we grew up in Venezuela, as we said, and there's a great appreciation for design there. Women are characterized for being coqueta, yeah, <laughs> which means that they're vain, that they care for aesthetics, they care for how they look, they go to the salon, they pay a lot of attention to being pretty. And we grew up in a house where our man pu- put a lot of attention to details. She's right. a, a balabusta. Right. She, she made parties, she put flowers, like there's a lot of attention to detail. So I think, yeah, in essence, what we produce is what, what we are and the way we are, we were up, like raised. Right, right, right. So let's talk about working. Also, mm-hmm. I, I, wanna, I wanted to add something. I wanted to add that uh, uh, to your question. Yes. That with our brand, we wanted to show the world that religion and being Jewish can be cool. 
that yes. it can be so cool. <laughs> and I have to say that there's a lot of people out there doing the same. There's other brands and we love to see that we share the same passion. Yes. I and and this is why I'm a fan of your brand because you're achieving that. <laughs> you really thank are. you, thank you for the compliment. You really are. And let's talk about talking, uh, working together because so Daniela, you were you studied marketing and then Gab Gabriela joined you. I mean, w Gabriela, did you have a, a design background? What was your background and how did you guys decide to divide divide and conquer? Because I'm sure you've divided what each of you takes care of okay we both have a business background mm. i started uh, marketing and finance and daniela also had her her master's in that uh, and how we do how we work together it's funny at the beginning we wish we used to do it all together like we would walk together to do the state you know like we were like <laughs> one person of, like two people Two, two together. We used to do it all. We share the task from designing and developing new products to selling, taking orders, processing orders, accounting, packaging, marketing, social media. You know, like we used to do it all, like without dividing the, the, the without divide dividing the task uh -huh. and uh, well I think Daniela can tell you a little bit in, on how we, we we divided the the task but I wanted to say that um, yeah we we divided we, like with experience we have learned to recognize who's better at what and we have organically divided our roles mm-hmm um it's funny because we in the beginning we worked from home and we were like nomads we would work at a cafe at my mom's house we we had like little children so depending on the time like if we had a sleeping baby at home we would work somewhere else and it wasn't until we like grew a little more that we we had an office mm -hmm. that we that we mm, we, we started to design the office and we could not we could not get to the idea of having separate desks because we were used to being like next to each other <laughs> so we bought a table and we and a we big, a big, like a long, big table. long table and <laughs> each other and we still do a lot of things together but uh we we have our tasks divided like i couldn't say like specifically like gabby was in charge of the accounting i was in charge of social media uh we now hired someone like yeah we are we now became more efficient because it's hard to do it all Right. Only the two of us. So we we are more efficient now and we outsource some of the services. And also we now have a new member in our team. She's amazing. It's a graphic designer. Mm. And she she basically helped us doing a little bit of everything. So, Great. so yeah. I think with time organically we have grown grown and learned how to separate our roles. Right, right. So that's a perfect segue to my next question, which is about challenges because you know, entrepreneurship is definitely not for everybody and it's very challenging to start a business, to grow a business, let alone to do it as mothers and wives, right? So can you talk to us a little bit about the challenges that you face and how you've overcome them and perhaps give us some tips for other entrepreneurial women out there okay so what do you want us to do first the challenges or the take it away with the challenges let's see it let's hear it okay so i think that the like putting in practice what we have in mind has been a big challenge 
because we have something in mind that then there are a lot of limitations when it comes to producing. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, um, the, the, the production part, like designing the products has been, has been very challenging. It takes like years, the back and forth, the communication. Um, we, we wanted to launch with six products, as we said before, and we started with one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we, we start to get like, uh, frustrated because we want to like, you know, go fast and we have so many ideas of different products that we just can't. Usually, uh, I get more like desperate and try to rush it and I just say, yeah, let, let's see it. Let's, let's launch it the way it is. <laughs> and Gabriela like calls me down and says, like, we can, we can launch the, this product the way it is. It has to be perfect. The, we, we, we're, wherever we are, we have like impeccable, like, perfect products we can just ruin it launching something that is not perfect mm-hmm. so so yeah that's that's the biggest challenge to have yeah. like that perfect product daniela is more impatient and she wants just to get all our products out there because we we do have some projects that that are not ready to to be launched mm-hmm. so i believe time it's like time in all matters are it's our biggest challenge mm-hmm. product our products are produced overseas mm-hmm. and the language the distance the time difference are like handicaps that slow down the process a lot and so so then so it's the, i i would i would say that's that's the hardest part yeah also i think that a challenge um has been to find a good balance between being like jewish mom Moms taking care of the kids and being entrepreneurs. Right. I've learned to find a good balance, but yeah, it's definitely challenging. Yeah. And I mean, does it even exist? I mean, come on, really? Does balance re- ever exist? It's a whole, it's a big struggle. <laughs> no, yeah. I always feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of being Jewish, but it, it's difficult. Right, right. And so, and also, you know what, let's talk about that. Because see, now in America, as we talked about this before, and in, in America, it's being a businesswoman and entrepreneur is something a lot more accepted. But I wonder if even, um, you know, in our cultures, maybe it's not so it's not really as prevalent, maybe I don't know. Um, what kind of support system did you have at the beginning? I mean, was this was this maybe maybe you were taking a not traditional route? Or, you know, how did your families take this i mean this is just not for yourselves but it also affects your husband obviously your mother's involved because sometimes you worked at her from her house so um i think that what you're saying about like being female entrepreneurs uh it's true but i think that um it's a a change that has happened like in in a generation i don't Uh think it's uh it's it's geographical i don't think that it's different in latin america than in here Mm -hmm. i think that it has been a shift worldwide like um like everything like right. things always develop faster in first world countries and slow slower in like the rest of the world but i do see that my friends that live in venezuela and in other parts of latin america they're entrepreneurs they're working moms mm-hmm. so i think it's obviously happening slower than in here you see that most common here than in latin america but i think it's generational rather than geographical and in terms of uh, our parents of like the support system um 
our parents, uh, I think they are impressed and proud of what we have accomplished. We, I don't think we were raised like, like go and conquer the world and be entrepreneurs. I think we were raised for both. Like if we wanted to be moms and stay at home moms, that was fine. And if we wanted to, to be entrepreneurs, that was also fine. I think that we were raised for both. Mm -hmm. We were prepared for the, both. We were given the tools. We were sent to college to a master's degree. So I don't think it was expected from them, but they were, they would, they definitely encourage like and, and support us. They, our mom now lives here with us in Miami and she helps us a lot with, with the kids whenever we have a meeting or when we need to travel. So definitely yeah, that's a big one, support that, that you need. Carpool and yeah. And also friends. Like we have living in, in Miami, Miami, we have a community. It's a great community where everybody supports and, and helps each other. So it's like a support group from all the moms. Like we, you know, that yeah, we having have a carpool and having friends that you know from childhood pick up your kids and take them home mm -hmm. it, it gives you peace of mind that your kids are with someone that you know so yeah I think that's a great support also having the support of our husbands have been crucial they have been very encouraging and definitely they believe in us they are part of our board of directors <laughs> the advisors <laughs> yeah they are our, our advisors and they they really help us a lot when we need help like let's say I don't know planning financial planning they they They, they come on board and I don't know, they, they, they help us and they support us a lot and they want us to, to be successful. I don't know, maybe it's they say that maybe, that maybe <laughs> one day they will have to stop working and we will join yeah, the that, team. That's what they want. They want to just retire very early and, and they want us to sell the company. <laughs> Listen, why not? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good goal to have. What about advice? We didn't get to the tips. Any tips for female entrepreneurs like yourselves and mothers also? <laughs> yes, I think um, a female entrepreneur should listen to people's advice and feedback, whether it's mm. positive, negative or constructive constructive criticism but always follow their guts and believe in themselves because they're or their product or whatever they're working on because people will always have a hundred reasons for them to drop what they're doing or to change it but until you don't try it it will not be proven and the world needs innovators and entrepreneurs willing to take the risks in order to evolve so definitely like trust in yourself and never give back give give back right give up you mean give right. up give right up, yeah So I hear having the humility to listen to others, but at the same time being in tune with your own intuition, right? Yes, I And think we do that a lot. We, we take a lot of advices. We do a lot of focus groups. We always take our products to the Shabbat table. And definitely they are a great help for us to, to yeah, make this, the changes. We, we, we do many more rounds of focus group than what we should. I ask like all my friends, all our family, uh -huh. you know, like we, we really consider a lot of opinion. Wow, that's that's so that's actually so smart because then you're really guaranteeing that you're giving them exactly what they what they want. You're listening to them. Yeah. Exactly. And, and tell me something. I, the fact that you're working together, I mean, speaks very highly of your family, your upbringing in terms of your family, it, because it's not so easy for siblings to work together. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what? They asked us that question in an interview in, I don't know, for a newspaper or for a magazine. And they asked, like, what are the challenges of being family and working together and we actually turn it around because we think that more than a challenge it's uh like a blessing mm -hmm. because it's hard 
to work with someone and we grew up together so we know how to fight and then be okay yeah <laughs> You know, sometimes we, we don't agree on something and we just like scream or like talk yeah, the way we, we should we shouldn't to each other and then two seconds later we're we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and also like it's a blessing because we, we help each other with work and with personal life. So if one has a Shabbat dinner at home, the other one knows that should take the work responsibility. Like it's okay, don't come to the office today, I'll take care. Mm-hmm. So I think more more than a than a challenge, it's it's a blessing. Wow, sounds like a real team. Yes. <laughs> so you mentioned your mother and um, her practical help now now that she lives in Miami. Um, let's talk about any female role models in your family. Well, you mentioned you mentioned our mom, and she's definitely our role model. She's our role model as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, home manager, and basically and on how to to live life to the fullest Mm. Uh, but most of most of all what i admire and what i look up for her is that she's always been a leader in our community more in venezuela now she's taking a little bit more here but she she was part of our school pta she belonged to it so she was part of our ebraica club uh, board of directors she's always been very active and and we look after her mm-hmm. and we're trying to do the same here we're very active in our community and i think that it's also part because we we saw it in our house also our dad it's very active in the community in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that uh, our mom didn't, like, work. and But I think it's also because of that generational thing. Like, I think it wasn't as common as it's now for women to work. Right. I think she didn't work because of the times that she was in. But I think she was definitely capable. And she's always very movida. Like, I don't know how to say it. Like, very... A go-getter. <laughs> yeah, like go-getter. So I think, yeah, that's why, like, she's a role model. Yes. I want to ask about your father because you mentioned that initial very moving story about your choice of name. Um, what was his reaction when you... You must have told them and why, you know, you must have told them that you chose to name your company. You could have gone with any other name, right? But um, what was his reaction to that? Remember, yes, I think you, you, the name, you chose the name when you yeah. did your thesis and you told him about it. Actually, I, I remember he, at the beginning when you planned your thesis, the logo was going to be our dad's signature. Really? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, we, I, have the, we have the draft. We have we the can, draft of the business plan. And like, it's in huge in the first page. It's like our father's uh, signature was like, the name of the brand it's like the, the logo of the brand i think he he never at that moment he didn't see it as a reality he's like it's yeah, a cute i think it's a cute, it a cute project, project. Uh-huh. Yeah. i think he would he never expected it to be what it is now i think with time he has been prouder right he's very proud of ourselves like he it's funny because Apeloic is not a common last name and in Venezuela he's the only one mm-hmm. so now people ask him are you Apeloic like Apeloic collection <laughs> and he's like oh my god not, now I'm recognized because of you and not because of my you know so he he, he gets funny. Like, proud to be recognized and stopped in the street because of the brand and not because of his accomplishment that's really funny it's funny <laughs> yeah All right, let's wrap it up with what I call JLP fill in the blanks. And this is the part of the show where I'm going to give you an open-ended ended ended statement and you're going to just 
fill it with whatever first thing comes to mind, okay? And I'm going to ask both of you. So um, I don't know. Who wants to go first? <laughs> uh, I can go first. Gabriela. Okay, okay Gabriela. Let's, let's hit it away with my, your favorite mitzvah. Your favorite mitzvah or one that you feel most connected with is? Learning from the Torah. Mm. I belong to a Kabbalah group. Mm-hmm. We've been together for like around six years. Mm-hmm. We get together weekly. And we learn about the Torah and all its interpretations and like a little bit of the Kabbalah interpretation. I love to learn and I feel very connected and very spiritual that part of that hour of the week. Hmm. So I guess that's a perfect segue to my next one, which is I feel most spiritual when? Okay, I I can follow with my Kabbalah class Mm -hmm. saying that uh, I attend. I adopted a new tradition. In our Kabbalah class, we do twice a year, before Yom Kippur and before Passover, we mm-hmm. do a class at the beach. Well, we're very lucky to have to, to live in Miami and to have the opportunity to do this. But what we do, it's like a mikveh in the ocean. Uh, we do it twice a year before Yom Kippur. It's like to restart, you know, like to reset yeah. and start a new year. Mm-hmm. And also before Passover, it's like to let go everything that you don't want in your life. So when we do this, we do a meditation and you go into the into the ocean and it's like very very spiritual interesting okay daniela my favorite mitzvah or one i feel most connected with is um baking challah oh really yeah well i don't do it every friday but there was a time where i made a promise uh-huh. and i promised that i would bake challah until something happened and i did it every friday and i really think that it happened because of it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a great mitzvah and I, I feel connected when, when I do it. I think like I like it and I like to do it at home. I like that the kids see it. So I, I, I should do it more, more often, but maybe I should, I should make, an, make another promise. <laughs> <laughs> what about I feel most spiritual when? Uh, when I light up the candles. Shabbat yeah. candles. In the Shabbat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like the week is so hectic and and we're always running and whenever like when Friday comes and I light up the candles, I feel like a like a like a I don't know how to call it like like something gets in my body and and yeah. slows down. Like yeah. I slow down and I close my eyes and it, like I stop. I thank God for everything I have. So I think that's the most spiritual time. Yeah, I, I can I can totally relate to that one. It's definitely a popular answer. It's like this peace envelops you and it's yes, it's exactly. hard to put it into words, but it's yes. very difficult to find those moments of yeah, spirituality in our everyday lives and that right there it hits the spot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the word. Like something envelops your body and like like puts you like calms you down. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I have to agree that it, it happens also to me. Right, right. Amazing. So, Gabriela, my fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? <sighs> okay. I didn't go to the synagogue. Like, I didn't grow up going to the synagogue like every week. Mm-hmm. But I remember like running around the synagogue and having fun with the other kids, going up and down the stairs, receiving candies from the older people during the high holidays when when we went to the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Maybe I remember like I don't know why I have this like remember like in when Yom Kippur, my mom used to tell me you know outside of the synagogue they have like uh, a sure. honey cake and sodas and like everybody after Yom Kippur they go and they fight really you know like. Like you yeah. have to get weekly. So I remember my mom used to tell me, like, you go and you grab it for us really fast. So I, <laughs> when I think about my 
my childhood, I I don't know, those are some things that come to my mind. Hmm. What about you, Danny? My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? I think everything that we did in school. We did a, we went to a Jewish school. Uh-huh. So I think we had a great, like, sweet childhood. Uh, from from the end of year shows to dance festivals, we were in like recruiting classes. Um, we did Shabbatons where we, we we slept from Friday to Saturday in school, mm-hmm. like studying. So the end of year shows, I remember uh, being Bashti in <laughs> one of the shows. <laughs> really, um, of all yeah. characters, that was the one you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was funny because it was like a, a modern adaptation of the of the Purim story, and Bashti was like this, like it. I I, I remember the lines like lo lo lo, and me lo Like I remember the lines of the of the show. That's so funny, and yeah, modern adaptation of Purim story. How how apropos to your modern Judaica. Exactly. <laughs> it was like she was eating ayakas, which is like the <laughs> traditional food. So but she said, Anilo ayakas. It was like, I don't want to eat this like tamales, like type of food in Venezuela. So it was funny because it was Bashti talking about ayaka. So yeah, it's what we do now. We we adapt the modern times to, to traditions and, and religion. That's so cute. Gabriela, yeah. something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is? Mm, knowing that the Torah has an answer for everything. Mm. So maybe I would have paid more attention to my Tanakh classes back when I was back <laughs> in school. <laughs> Yeah, what about you, Daniela? Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up? Um, I think more about the customs in the Jewish holidays. So I'm, I'm in charge of doing the, all the social media posts and blog posts and all the content of the, of the company. So I have to read a lot about all the customs and what's into them. And when I read them, I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. Like, I, I get really interested in all the customs. I'm sure I learned them because we went to Jewish school, but maybe we didn't have the maturity to process them. So, yeah. Right, right. Gabriela, when I give tzedakah, I like to give to? Mm, can I respond from Apeloy Collection? Ooh, yes. <laughs> tell us. Okay. Um, we When we did our kicks our Kickstarter, we did a Kickstarter campaign to back up our Hala Boards uh, launch. Mm-hmm. So what we did is a portion of the Hala Boards that we sold, uh, we bought Hala, like sets of Hala, and we donated for, for many weeks to the local kosher food bank. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we should we should do it again but that's a, that's such a great idea that that's such yeah, a, we that, should continue doing it yeah that's such a great idea what about you danny when i give sadaka i like to give two i think that um that it's like depending on the season or like the stage in our in my life mm-hmm. uh when i was in new york i liked giving it to like the chabad that uh, the, the Chabad synagogue that cause that was like my only connection to Judaism when I moved to Miami like I like to give to the school or that that my kids are going to so I, I think it's transitional I think it depends what you're connected with at the time mm-hmm. I always like to give to to Venezuela I think Venezuela like now like if they ask me for whatever I give it it's like Venezuela is like really dear to my heart and whenever I see what's going on there it really affects me so I, I would say that it if I have to answer one thing now in my life, it would be to Venezuela. Hmm. Finally, Gabriela. To- can, I, can I add? Yes. I, I found it on the Apeloy Collection 
uh, shoes. Now I, I wanted to add. After yes, what give me your personal one. Yes. On my personal, I am involved in the Federation of Greater Miami Jewish Federation here in, in Miami. Mm -hmm. And I like that organization because what it does is like it receives the money and it uh, it. Distribute. It distributes the money to everybody, right. which is what I want, what I like, to schools, so it supports Jewish education, to the Holocaust survivors, mm -hmm. food bank, uh, elderly kids with no uh, possibilities, and, and it also helps Israel. Right. Uh, I think 40% of the campaign goes directly to Israel, and, and that's what I like, to see the money fairly, fairly distributed. Uh, around yeah yeah no i hear you plus they do such a great they do such a great job of identifying um you know when there's a need and really tackling it so like you said you really see where your money's going um so it's a great way to distribute it and getting it into those organizations and those causes that we care for all right um gabriela today i'm most grateful for uh for my family i am grateful for my parents my siblings my husband my in-law my kids my extended family my friends I it's a it's a difficult question uh, because I I have uh, the life I always dreamed mm. and I could not be more grateful so I'm I'm grateful for everything mostly so I, I don't want to point that one thing if mm -hmm. if I had to I would say my family what about you Daniela today I'm most grateful for yeah I also think that everything like I, th I think we have everything and w not every day we are thankful for that I think like I we couldn't ask for more i think we have a healthy family a happy family we live in a safe country um we have a job that allows us to have like a good balance between life and work so yeah everything daniela and gabriela i appreciate you so much and i thank you so much for joining us it amazes me to get a deeper insight into a brand that i already love and i knew so much about or i thought i did but now to get these this is really a really really beautiful really inspiring and i wish you so much success you should continue to go from strength to strength and i thank you again for coming thank you so much thank you, for ours. thank you for the opportunity i want to also mention that we're going to launch a giveaway for a jewish latin princess podcast listener and uh, it's going to be an apeloid collection mezuzah case of the color of your choice so everybody should stay tuned for that and go visit apeloidcollection.com to sign up for their newsletter and to follow them on instagram visit Apolloid Collection. Thank you, girls. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks again to Gabriela and Daniela Apeloig for stopping by. You can find their beautiful products at apeloigcollection.com and follow them on Instagram at apeloigcollection. And now, if you want to win one of their gorgeous acrylic mezuzah cases, go to Jewish Latin Princess on Instagram and check out the post with the contest instructions. Very, very simple, very easy. I'm on my way to Cleveland to speak and to drop off my daughter who's headed to camp in Michigan for four weeks. I wish you a Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.